Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Finn. Here we are again, ready for our podcast episode 65. 65. However, did we do so many episodes, Finn? Oh, well, by sitting in front of this microphone and just keeping on talking. That's all we've done. We just kept on talking. And today we are going to talk about what has changed uh, in assessment in curriculum for Wales, because Welsh Government have just published a new digital document. Well, that was middle of last week wasn't it that sort of, sort of I think it was yeah popped into uh into my twitter feed on on the Wednesday I think yeah and we both looked at it and went okay then that's what the next couple of days is going to uh yes take up and I literally and did. well interesting I literally spent Wednesday Thursday and Friday trawling through those three documents not all day because obviously we're doing work around it but but going through all of those things and, and then writing the blog, which came out on Friday afternoon, uh, writing the blog that went with it. That went out on Twitter over the weekend, didn't it? And I know that's gone out on to all our email contacts mm. today. But I, I just to get a little bit cross when that came out on Wednesday, because mm. I thought it was such a lot to wade through. And, I, and it, I, I must admit, I looked at it and I was on my phone. Yes. And being of a certain age as well, you get a little bit busily challenged. So I had my glasses <laughs> on top of my head just trying to read it on the phone and I was scrolling yeah. through and scrolling yeah. through and it was you know we had the time to do it I don't know how anybody else would have the yeah time. I, I know if, if it were in a pdf I would have been able to do a word count on it but as it's now Welsh government guidance documents they always come out like a website format so it's impossible oh, because if you follow all of the links yeah. it's impossible to see all of the new to but it was, I would say, it was really quite a large document. Oh. The fact that it took me three days yeah. to get through it. See, I'm old school. I've got to be able to read it on a bit of paper. Yeah. Like our notes for our podcast today, mm. it's got to be on a bit of paper that I can scribble on. <laughs> I can't do it off the screen. Let's set the scene for our listeners. We are going to look at our blog in a little bit more detail. And before we start, let's just say <clears throat> the response that we've had to our blog has been phenomenal. It, it it has and Absolutely i think the phenomenal. emails that we've had from people saying yeah. yes that's exactly how they feel the direct messages the emails yeah. the comments it's, on twitter the comments via message on facebook on linkedin it's been lots everywhere isn't it it has been absolutely phenomenal. all the blogs that have been written in the past that's the one i think that's really mm. struck a nerve yeah or struck a and the, well, usually what happens is when you put something on social media and it's really, really, really popular, you usually get two or three dissenting voices or two or three people who just say, hang on a minute now. I'm not sure I agree with this, but we haven't had any of that. No. And, and Twitter, I must admit, over the last couple of weeks on the weekend has been a bit of a funny place to be, hasn't it? It's it hasn't been a, been a particularly bit... pleasant no. place this weekend. There's been a lot of, I would say, frustration and short tempers and I just need to be right in this argument to make yeah. myself feel better kind of place. It's not been... The blog has sat really well within that yes. as well. And thanks to everybody who's retweeted it and passed it on. Yes, and, and commented, commented on it as well, which read really it. good. I mean, the, the hundreds and hundreds of people who have read it, it's um, gratifying that, that we are actually reflecting what 
is going on on the ground. And I think the feedback that we've had has pretty much said that, hasn't it? But kind of setting the scene for when that Welsh Government publication came out, it, it literally, I've just been looking at the, the figures on um, the Public Health Wales website, and they do look as though they're coming down off the peak, but that may be that may be false false security because we don't know what's happening with well, it was up to the start stores. of term wasn't it some of them were some of them were after but it's the bottom line is that when welsh government published it on wednesday omicron was absolutely rampant in schools and i don't think i don't think there has been a tougher time for teachers no. head teachers children in schools during the whole of the pandemic since march 2020 we say this every podcast, every time we do a podcast about COVID, that it's never yeah. been as difficult. And the next one we do, it's even it's, more difficult yeah. than it was the first time. So yes, but I think what was, in, I mean, you know, there were stats about the um, about what was going on. Wales Online published something about what was going on in schools at the beginning of term, and they were saying one in ten or more than one in ten teachers yeah. were off work in some areas of Wales. Attendance for the first two days of school was seventy-seven point five percent, and. And, you know, and you talk to teachers and schools and say, well, how's it going? And, and they're saying it's never, ever yeah. been like this. I don't know what we're doing. We, you know, the many tales that we've heard from the people who are actually doing these things. So it's not like third hand. It's, it's from the people who are putting classes together and year groups yeah. together. And well, it's, it's that overall pupil attendance masks mm. actually what's going on in school because you don't know how many staff no exactly and whether you have got this situation where you've got three four year groups mm. in one place that have been supported to do you know you know is it the learning that they would have had if it's it was it's difficult I couldn't stand there in front of a hall full of children no. of you know 100 plus children and teach them a particular no. lesson well let, let's challenges. face it if you were let's say if you were teaching year 10 English or maths you know you'd have everybody in year 10 mm. and you'd have all of the different exam um qualifications that they were sitting because it's you know foundation higher they're not the same they probably wouldn't be um studying the same texts in english you know they wouldn't be in the same place they wouldn't have the same prior knowledge you, you couldn't teach them all you could do would be to manage their their self-study yeah, yeah. That, that's all you could do so so that's the kind of the scenario in which Welsh government decided that was the best time to publish this quite large document on the one thing that teachers are most invested in, most yeah. concerned about, most worried about, the thing that does keep teachers and head teachers and senior leaders up at night assessment. <laughs> it's as if let's pick the worst week. Yeah, yeah. To I, I genuinely bury it there. Yeah, it's like. Yes, I, it does make you wonder. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't even thought of that, Jane. I hadn't even thought that Welsh government might want to be burying no, something. No. But, and I said that tongue in cheek, but yeah, <laughs> who, knows? who knows? Who knows? So, what we're going to do today? We're going to we've broken the podcast down into um, three sections. So, we're going to look at the actual changes that, that uh, publication includes. We're going to look at the government policy that comes through what they've said. So, you know, we're, we're going to talk about 
what you can infer from what's being said in the publication and what that means about the direction of travel and all of those kinds of things. And then finally, we're going to look at... Let's be as practical as we can, because we always like to be as practical. Yes. Finally, we're going to look at resources to support practitioners. So there's three sections. And this is, this is you know, we are starting with our blog. So if you haven't read our blog already on Curriculum for Wales, the assessment changes, do go and have a look. We'll it's put on the Twitter. link. We'll put the link. We'll put the link in show notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But do go and have a look at that first because that's the kind of starting point. But we're going to go into these areas in a little bit more detail. So let's start with the changes. So the changes that actually appeared in. This I got document. really excited when I saw this because there was actually a section mm. in what was changing. It's actually titled what is, and we never had that before. I know. I know. And it, what was really interesting, we had this discussion. I went full on. Um, language geek yeah and i went yes okay but they've used a gerund they're using a continuous verb here so they don't mean what has changed from a set point in time they're talking about what the changes that are happening over time mm. so the the um the title of the publication is what is changing in yeah. assessment in yeah. curriculum for ways rather than what are the changes it's not what has changed since the last publication document came out it's what's changed it's since we've moved from old curriculum yeah to new which i think is a little bit or maybe it was me with the way i was reading it but i did get a little bit no well you, you mentioned assessment and you mentioned changes yeah and everyone goes oh right there's new stuff to look at yeah so you know you'll have gathered <laughs> you'll have gathered from what we're saying is that um there aren't actually that we could find anything of any significance that teachers need to be aware of and think about and do something about that is different to what was there the last publication well what yeah, was there yeah. in the autumn term what were there in yeah. the summer term i mean they do say and i'm quoting here now and we'll quote a lot today but they do say and i quote aspects of the current arrangements that do not support the ethos of curriculum for males will be removed and new requirements will be introduced to ensure that supporting learners to make progress is at the heart of assessment going forward. Okay. So basically they're saying we've got a new curriculum and we're going to make changes to fit in with the new mm -hmm. curriculum. Anything that we had before that doesn't fit in with the whole ethos yeah. is out. Out. New curriculum is in. Yay. Well, that's great. Perfect. So curriculum for Wales is coming. Excellent. The changes will be made. Really super useful. It's nice to know. <laughs> it's just a bit of a mess, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, why do teachers need to be told that? Why do they need to be, you know, this thing needs to be heralded and they need to go and have a look and be told that oh, we've got a new curriculum. Yeah. There's going to be changes. Is, is there a feeling that maybe the message hasn't got through? Yeah, it does feel like, well, why do you need to keep on saying the same thing over and over and over again? Because we've got it. Yeah. But we're just busy doing other stuff at the moment. So... Are there any actual changes that schools need to be way, made aware of and respond to in their planning? I think the answer is no. There, there, aren't, there isn't anything in this publication that, is, um, that needs a response from schools. And unless you actually sit there with the last bit of documentation yeah. and this current bit of doc documentation. It's quite hard to tell what's and, different. And compare. Mm. You, you know the way it's set out as well it's very very difficult to see what's been changed and what's been added okay so let's do. let's pick out some of the things that are identified as key changes so that you can see exactly what we're talking about here now so one of the things that they mention as a change 
is that the summative end of phase stage assessments have been removed, i.e. national curriculum yeah. levels. Well, I, I'm, I would be shocked if there's any school or teacher in Wales who doesn't know that levelling is, is gone, yeah. has gone. But what was interesting is they described the fact that this is now gone means that the new approach is forward-looking. Let's just talk a little minute well, about uh, assessments being forward-looking. Well, I, th I think as a teacher, you're always forward-looking, aren't you? You, you know, you've, you've got one foot in one camp. You actually look to see where pupils have come from, but you're always thinking, where am I going to take these pupils? So it is backward facing and forward facing. I, I think the um, idea that um, assessment is either backward looking or forward looking is strange. But, but I think we've we've looked at assessments in many, many different forms and I. And to, to describe it just as forward-looking, I think that's really de detrimental for what we do in the classroom with assessments. Yeah, it, it's defining it in the context of policy and spin, mm. to be fair. Yeah, not in what is actually going on in the classroom no. and what we're doing it for. No, so which makes you question who is this document actually written for, mm. if it's including things that are kind of persuasive and that aren't really a, a, an accurate description of what happens in classrooms mm -hmm. on the ground, that this is more about, you know, advertising or marketing, that this is a good thing and it doesn't feel quite right. Okay, so the next thing that they describe as a, a change that has to be mentioned in this document is that Curriculum for Wales is a continuum of learning and it will, and I'm quoting, enable learners to build on prior learning. Now, Okay, but this document is about changes to assessment. And they've included the, the, the new curriculum, the structure of the curriculum. It seems to me that they're actually talking about curriculum. It's, rather than assessment. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not I, sure. We wouldn't argue with the fact that you know, we want our curriculum to be this continuum, continuum of learning. No. But, but why do we need to be reminded of that? I know, and, and the building on the prior learning, I actually, I don't think that is the curriculum documents that's going to enable that. No, it's the school. It's going to be the, the school curricula, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the local curriculum that is going to be about building on prior mm -hmm. learning. And that's going to be down to the expertise of the designers within that school who are going to be doing that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very mm -hmm. surface level, that description. Well, I think the third point as well, the third change is something that and I know many, many schools do, but I think this, if we dig a little bit deeper on this, it's about this, this entry to the school, there's going to be when pupils new to the school, um, there's going to be this baseline for literacy, numeracy and wellbeing. Yeah, that also includes transition. From no, six. it doesn't. Oh, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. They they take it out to beat that. Right. So they it, it does. They you've got there your foundation else for first. There was something else for transition, wasn't there? I'm sure there was. No, there was a whole section on transition, but I think it was just talking about okay. transition generally. Okay. But the foundation phase, obviously, you have got your baseline when mm -hmm. children enter school for the first time. But this is new in that schools are expected to baseline. And I'm again quoting here skills, experience and understanding. Mm -hmm when they join the school from another school. So when they shift between schools. On a different curriculum. 
exactly that. And then, but then they talk about that this needs to be for literacy, numeracy, mm. and well-being. So there's, it's kind of like they're they're expecting schools to do one thing, but describing it as something else. Mm. And it, this is the kind of leads quite nicely into the next section. Is there's quite a lot of this kind of um, the actual reality not matching how they describe it. Mm. And it just made me think, and, I, and I, this feels this feels kind of a little bit overblown maybe, but it, it makes me think very much of Doublethink in 1984 and George Orwell, the idea that you can believe two contradictory ideas at the same time, because how can something be um, measuring their skills, understanding and experience against the curriculum? which is what they say, but there isn't a the curriculum. There is only a local curriculum. There isn't this overarching well, the own The only thing you're going to be able to link that to that's common between schools are the national tests. Mm. And even if you go down the route of um, standardised assessments, they're not necessarily linked to what you teach and what the school then, what's the, the school the child has come from has taught. Well, exactly. Is is which which the, the curriculum the, are you actually measuring yeah. them against? Your school or the last school that they were in? And let's face it, they've said that they don't want Welsh government have quite clearly stated that they don't want schools making assessments directly against the description of the yeah. learning, which is the curriculum. Mm. But they're quite happy for that to happen in the baseline assessment. So it, it needs it's very confusing. It needs digging down and it needs examples of what do we mean by that? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think a, a little bit of honesty, maybe, in saying, well, yes, I know you've said you don't want people assessing directly against the curriculum for the assessment arrangements within yeah. school. But if you're going to do it on the baseline, well, why can't you do it elsewhere? You know, there's I think there's a, a lack of honesty about what's actually going on at this kind of government level and or lack of understanding yes who knows Dare I say it who knows so you know we've now got our our section on um the ideas the inferences that you can make from reading this document and there's lots of quotes in there and and this is we have entitled it double think and it's it's because it is very confusing where the the policy statements within this document seem to be saying one thing and you think well how's that actually going to work how's that actually going to happen it, it's as if these are policy documents that need translating into documents for schools because i don't well, think there's yes. enough well yes but if you translated it for documents into schools those documents in for schools actually wouldn't work that that's the problem is that you know we've got policy that's saying it needs to be a continuum of learning it needs mm. to have uh, building on prior learning but it's actually it's impossible to do that under the circumstances that have been provided by Welsh government I mean let's let's take an example um they they say in their document we are breaking the link between teacher assessment and accountability well that's nothing new because they've been talking about that for quite a while. No, you're right. But it's this, nothing new. But they're still okay. yeah, we're breaking the link. But how? 
Yeah. Ow. <laughs> How are you doing that? You know that? Yeah. Where, where can we find evidence that you're breaking the link? What does that actually look like? Because if you go to, and we did, we went to um, Estin Guidance for Inspectors that was actually published in June of 2021. Um, and they said in this document, and I am quoting from the Estin document here as well, assessment information should be used by the school or setting as part of an effective self-evaluation process. And they actually asked to see assessment um, results um, from the school as part of that process. Now, um, Curriculum for Wales say assessment arrangements are entirely separate from activities that contribute to external accountability and national monitoring. But what is Eston unless it is external accountability and national monitoring? And they're using children's assessments. Well, either Eston are not taking due regard of Welsh Government's expectations for Curriculum for Wales, or they're not aware of them, or something, you know, there's, there's something not quite right between um, this, Welsh Government and Eston having these two contradictory There's still views. a gulf of what it means, and we keep going back to this phrase, to this phrase, don't we, this breaking the link between teacher assessment and accountability. Mm. And that's bandied around all the time. Mm. But there's still that gulf underneath. There's no. But what does but it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? And, we, and it keeps. And that's the one thing when we when we talk to schools. What's your concern about assessment? And or everything that, that those concerns that we talk about always go back to accountability, accountability, accountability. So let's look at this in um, in depth, based on a conversation that we had when we we were going through this document about the roots for learning. And about how the roots for learning, um, the curriculum that's been written for the schools, um, uh, sorry, not the schools, the um, non-maintained nursery yeah. settings, um, has been written for them. And there's some training in the um, in the documentation that's available for them. And so let's talk about what the non-maintained nursery settings are expected to do and how that relates to what that might look like further up the the education I mean, and it would be useful for 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 anyone who's not really teaching in yeah. that area of the school to go and have a look yeah because it's not something that we no. you know always unpick and have a look at is it no but i thought well you know they've written the curriculum they they they're getting their assessment arrangements are going Let's to see be what it looks like yeah <laughs> the assessment arrangements are supposed to be delivered by september 2022 they're not there at the moment but what you what happens is you go and have a look at the Roots for Learning and their pathways are a list of I can statements. Mm -hmm. So I can hold a pencil effectively or I have I, I, I'm sorry, my I'm my um, I can't recall exact statements from the Roots for Learning in the same way that I can from for some of the other documents. But go and have a look at them. And they're a, a set of I can statements and the assessment expectation from uh, that's actually in that document is that the uh, people working in these settings are supposed to make observations about the Just children, that. you know, so can they, can this child do this or can they not do it? And here's an activity that they can do that will allow me to see yeah. whether they can or they can't do this thing that's in the pathway. So they are now binary statements. And we know with binary statements what that leads to. Tick lists. Hmm. So how is that different to the descriptions of learning? Hmm. 
so I can understand and describe what I have read. So you'll be carrying out work activities that will do that. And then they either can or they can't, or maybe they're working towards it, or maybe they've. Oh, now you're bringing more complexity into it now, Finn. Let's not go into the working towards and above, at, beyond. But, but we're in a situation where the, the pace of progress has been set out clearly in the descriptions of learning. So how can teachers and schools teach and, and explore and develop the skills required by these descriptions of learning without thinking about whether they have achieved that or not? So that is directing what the curriculum actually is. Yeah, and I think this is the whole problem with assessment is that they've said, right, don't, don't assess directly against what were originally called achievement outcomes, descriptions of learning, do something else. But because they're not providing you with that, what that something else will be, I, I mean, they're talking about, you know, um, curriculum related expectations against your own curriculum. And there are ways of doing that learning objectives mm. and what have you. Um, there are ways of managing this, but because they haven't provided a method and they haven't showed a worked example and they haven't set it out, you know, there's a vacuum. Mm. And we've got, you know, commercial companies type 360 we've got uh, local authorities who are buying it all for their all of their schools and saying you need to say whether pupils are at above or below this particular description of learning you know it's because there's a vacuum and we've got Estin talking about assessments with pupils and wanting to know progress of pupils and standards in a format that they can understand but but it also mentions within the guidance about you know, not breaking down each of the descriptions of learning into steps. Can I just say, I saw in one of the case studies that they'd actually done that with the four purposes. Yeah. They'd broken them down into steps, which I thought, oh gosh, yeah, that's that's best practice. So yes, they're saying don't break it down into steps, but because they're not providing the alternative to that and they've got to show progress, they're saying, well, you're not saying what else we could do. And it's this, it's this double think um, scenario where you've got, don't do this. And then you've got local authorities, schools, possible other bodies as well, looking at doing exactly what they're being asked not to do. Because there's nothing else to pin it on. Yeah. But, you know, is it, is it that Welsh Government are seeing the case studies as the as the manual well this is how we then, do it then if they're seeing the case studies as the manual then they're they're sorely deluded because yeah. they're not a manual not, not at all we'll talk about that in a little bit in a minute but let's you know what was really interesting when we were talking about the the language that was being used in this document now they they say a lot of things like, um, you know, learning isn't um, continual and it, it, it it's, um, sorry, learning isn't linear and it's, um, you know, it stops and starts, spurts and, you know. That, that was in um, Successful Futures, wasn't it? It is, it's, but they do have something similar in this document as well. Um, you know, so in successful futures, I'm quoting, learning should be seen as akin to an expedition with stops, detours and spurts. Um, and then we've got uh, 
progress is not linear. Um, but now we've got an addition to that. We, we do still have the progress is not linear, but in addition to that, we also have in Curriculum for Wales, learners are expected to make continuous progress. Yeah, it's a subtle shift there, isn't it? Yeah, and I know that, you know, you've got a continuum of progress, therefore you would expect learners to move their way up it. But it's just, it, you know, if you were actually analysing the documentation from a, a literary perspective and looking at the language and, you know, analysing the language and saying, um, what's the what's the shift? What's the change? That's one of the shifts and changes. But I think when you go back into the classroom and you think, you, you know, your learners in front of you will not make continuous progress. No, they won't. You know, we all take in a, all cases. Yes, we all take a step back, or we all have a you know plateau, a, a plateau. You know, forgetting is part of learning. Yes, That's part of it with all yes. as well. And it's it's about this expectation that you know we're not putting pupils onto this sort of progression treadmill. treadmill. Mm. You know, we are going to take a step back. We are going to have times where we need to rethink mm. what we thought we knew and then mm. go back and we reassess. Mm. But that's the part of the learning process. Yeah. And it's not about continuous progress. And it does feel, because they use the imperative, because they say are expected yeah, to, it does feel a little bit sort of teachers, you know that. Yeah. Learners are expected to make continuous progress. So just make sure it happens. It does feel a little bit, um, you know, demanding. Yeah. And and whilst you've got on the one hand, oh no, no, teachers, we understand that learning is not linear, and you know, sometimes there's a plateau, or sometimes they go backwards, and that's okay. And then on the other hand, it's but they're expected to make mm. continuous progress, and those feel like conflicted, conflicting, mm. contradictory ideas. You can't they can't coexist comfortably it, it's as if you know, we, we talked about this when we read it wasn't it that they you get this feeling of a little bit of frustration yes. coming through in yeah. the way that it's worded and that you yeah. know maybe we're just very sensitive people at the moment no words but, matter but, but it was very much a frustration of it's this you yes. know we've told you it's this let's explain it a little bit more simpler yes you to get. Well, no let's explain it again again yeah and maybe not simpler in a different way Yes, sorry, my, my email is it just is. leaping at me. Let me turn it off. As long as it's good, good emails, people don't mind, do we? Always good emails. Always good. Yeah, okay, so there's the, um, there's the language in the document, and words do matter. You know, you choose a particular word for a particular reason mm. because it, it matches your intention. And, you know, so often we've actually had conversations with Welsh Government. We actually had a conversation with Welsh Government about the um, contradictory idea of assessment and accountability yeah. in Estyn. And uh, whilst we've had a, a partial answer to that in that, oh, that does sound like there's a difference there, I'll, that we'll check it and we'll get yeah. back to you. They haven't got back to us on that one. But it, it does feel like there is a shift in focus slightly, like you were saying, a little bit of frustration. I mean, the whole idea, for example, of shared understanding and progression. That this, and we've talked about this before, the shared understanding of progression, what that actually means. <laughs> That's a podcast on its own. It, it is. Um, but the, the idea that me teaching in, I don't know, um, school A in, in Cardiff, 
will have an understanding of progression and I can directly compare my understanding of how progress happens in my curriculum with, with your pupils with my pupils with Jane up in um, North Wales in school B mm. in um, Colin Bay and what progression looks like with her curriculum with her pupils yeah. you know progress is against curriculum it's against curriculum related expectations it is against the knowledge skills and experiences within that curriculum how can you say well that looks the same mm -hmm. as or different from the knowledge skills yeah. and experience progress made in those yeah. in it's very strange and very difficult to understand how they feel that, that can happen. you know how can you you go along and say well this is what it looks like for us mm. oh that's what it looks like for you I don't think they're the same sort of progress yes well so how are they different how, how on earth you know we're, we're talking about how to quantify that and, and what they actually say in the document and I'm quoting practitioners should understand how their expectations for progression compare to other schools and settings but not only that the minister will bring forward a direction which will make statutory the arrangements for professional dialogue to develop a shared understanding of progression by September 2022. So not only will teachers and schools have to understand what progress looks like in their own school, what progress looks like in another school, how the two compare, but it'll be mandatory to have that understanding. Now, I've never heard before of a government legislating for an understanding you know it's it's like a offshoot branch of of the moderation and we always talk about this in moderation 2.0 yeah it's it's sort of along that road and we don't need to be talking about september 22 anymore it's september because that's where we are yeah. that's all of a sudden yeah. it's it's 20, 23 it. weeks but yeah. the legislation is about making the arrangements for that professional mm. discussion to happen but with the best will in the world to say, well, you have to have that discussion. Yeah. But then if that discussion is doesn't bear the fruit that you want it to bear, yeah. it's kind of what's the it, point in legislating? Or, is it going to legislate against how often and how many sessions and possibly schools? Possibly. You've got to do. Yeah. As moderation did. If you're enjoying listening to this podcast, you may want to know about Impact Plus. If you go to www.impact.wales, you will find all of our resources, professional learning packs, professional learning films, digital workbooks, link to all of our podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got all of our um, sketch notes on there as well. And this is professional learning that makes sense. So it's research informed. It's practical. It helps you and your staff make sense of uh, whatever it is that you're improving we've got a really wide range of subjects topics content for you to look at haven't you what kinds of things have we got well we've got professional learning packs on things like oracy a retrieval practice the science of learning, learning. <laughs> bit of an echo there Finn. Uh, but lots of things that you know you might want to be developing in your school so if you're interested in finding out more log on to our website and as jane said that's www.impact.wales and click impact plus So we've talked about the entry to school baseline, so we can we can leave that. So let's let's go on and talk about the resources to support practitioners. 
because this section was like oh fantastic great they've got resources to if you, if you haven't seen it as well as on the on the website it is literally in three paragraphs yes three three it's not paragraphs. Paragraphs as well on oh, one screen it looks like three, three set areas areas that you go then go yeah so on the first one you've got other changes then you've got the um, focus on uh, progression and what it means and assessment which is based on the document from before with just slight changes to the document uh, to the language and then on the right hand side you've got the resources to support practitioners and there are several different things in there so let's go down and and talk about each one of those sections within there because there are six sections so we've got the roots for learning um, which is professional learning materials modules of learning and case studies and actually this is the the most promising of all of the areas. All and and as areas. I said before, it's the one that I think everyone should go in and have a look at. Yes. Regardless of which yes. um, sector you teach in, which phase yeah. you teach in. Well worth having a look at. <clears throat> but I mean, we've already talked about roots of learning a little bit, so we'll, we'll move on. Then we have the personalised assessments. Which are staying. Yes. That was quite clear in the documentation. Yes. The, the adaptive tests for reading yes numeracy and numerical reasoning are staying and how are they helpful to how they support to practitioners yeah well yeah. yeah so since they've gone adaptive um they're very limited in what they can provide practitioners in terms of support for assessment it's a very short snapshot isn't it and i know from discussions whether they have been improved over the last year or two mm. um i'm not sure how useful they are in, in i wouldn't say they're the first thing that i would go to to help me design assessment arrangements it's one of yeah okay so then we have well-being and assessment now this section this whole section well-being and assessment is basically it's it's a paper by georgia mcbride who is uh, an honorary research fellow of the university of glasgow and it's just a single paper that shows the link between pupils' well-being and highly effective assessment. Now, it's very interesting. It's, um, it's an interesting research uh, paper. However, what it does is it describes theoretically what effective assessment actually looks like when it's finished. So it doesn't, unfortunately, tell you how to get there, how to create. It just says when it's finished, it looks like this. So interesting, but not... Again, that's very much like the case studies, isn't it? This is, you know, this is where we started. Mm. This is what we've done, mm. but there's not a lot of. And this is where journey. we're going to go full on cake mm. here now. Which, and yes, you've heard us write cake. We're talking Bake Off. We are talking because um, if you if an, you a cake analogy, if you read the heading mm. of the blog mm. and obviously the heading of the podcast today, you know, I did look at you very quizzically when you started talking about cake. Will we? And then I thought, oh, yeah, we had this long conversation about recipe analogies and yeah. making cake analogies, which I got very excited about, of course. But, you know, <laughs> OK, so, so let's explain our analogy. Let's talk about our analogy. So you want to be an expert baker, but you haven't yet baked a cake. So the first thing that you do if you want to bake a cake is you have to go and find a recipe because that's where you start as a novice. If you don't know very much about the subject that you're going to be um, looking into mm -hmm. any more detail, you have to go and buy, uh, find a recipe. You don't go and find a recipe for 
Um, you don't go straight to a wedding where, cake. You go just straight to a Jamie Oliver one, do you? No, 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 no. no we don't no, start no. with Jamie Oliver. No, no, no. We go. I've got a really nice little recipe book on my um, on my shelf, which I use all of the time. It's called the Vegetarian Student, and it measures everything in cups and yeah. and you know, it's really basic, but it's fab for just reminding you of what the proportions of things are yeah. and. And that's what we're talking about. If you you're going to how to boil an egg book, that's what you really what you want. To <laughs> I think I don't laugh. I think one of those as well. But this is it. If you're learning something from scratch, or even if, and I, you know, I, I think it's important to note that I say I do go back to that recipe mm. book just to remind myself yeah. of what good practice yeah. looks like, and then I can go, oh yeah, but I'm not going to put that bit in. Yeah. And you've got to master it before you can start playing around with the recipes. Well my husband doesn't listen to this podcast so I can say what I like but his cooking he he now does all of the cooking in our house apart from Christmas dinner and the big things but I spent 20 odd years doing all of the you know the treacle tarts and the um you know for my boys I've got two boys and I did all of the cooking you know chicken with dumplings and all kinds of uh, recipes like that um but I learned the basics actually when I was you know seven or eight like how to make pastry how to bake a cake um how to make a soup how to do a stew, you know, all the basics, how to thicken a sauce, all those kinds of things and the basic sauces as well. Um, but when I first started learning how to cook, you, you follow your recipe and you follow it absolutely to the letter and then try the try the results. Now, I've never seen a Victoria sponge recipe that actually has orange juice in it. But I always put orange juice in my Victoria sponges because it makes it very moist. Yeah, because you've adapted. Exactly. You can only adapt something once you've learned the basic recipe. Then you can start to change and adapt. And this is what we're talking about when we're talking about curriculum design is we have got a, a nation with a significant proportion of teachers who are curriculum design novices. Anybody who did their teaching practice, I think, from the sort of 90s onwards, mm hasn't had that grounding in curriculum design lesson planning that maybe some of us mm -hmm. who are a little bit pre that would have had so i think we need that basic straightforward step-by-step -step direct instruction this is how you do it this is the first action this is the next action so on so that you can yeah. get those because basics you can't have innovation if you haven't got I go back to our, our conversation we've had before. We've talked about Picasso. Yeah. I mean, Picasso, you know, you think of Picasso paintings as being those, you know, weird and wacky yeah. paintings. But his early paintings mm. were very much to the norm. Yes. You know, very practiced. Yeah. And once he'd mastered those skills, that's when he that's when he started playing around with the boundaries and thinking about yeah. things. And that's when he was being innovative. And I think yeah. that's where we are with curriculum design. Yeah. So you need to know the rules before you can mm. break them. And it's those very, um, very expert, very practiced um, people who've had 10,000 hours worth of practice on mm. a skill or an understanding that can step out of that and be yeah. a little bit innovative and different. So bearing that in mind, the case studies, when you look at a case study, what you're getting is you're getting what you get on Bake Off, which is finished cakes mm. now as a viewer you can look at those cakes and you can go well that one looks a bit burnt or that one looks a bit soggy but it takes a Paul Hollywood 
to be able to pull that cake apart and say, right, well, you didn't get need another five minutes in the oven. Yeah, or you yeah. didn't get that that crucial, you know, when you cream the the, the yeah. butter and the sugar, you didn't cream yeah. it effectively. As we all know, you missed the flare out on the last one. <laughs> Remember that one before. <laughs> okay. So so it's you have to be an expert yeah. in order to look at a case study, look at a finished product yeah. and go, ah, I can see what they've done and how they've done it and why that might work. Because it's not about replicating. No, it's about being able to take and understand what's happened so you can put it into your context and think this is the bit that will make the difference in my context. But you have to be expert you before do. you can do that. And we do need a method that can be um, that basic blueprint for a step-by-step process so that people can really understand. So, you know, you've got 20 plus case studies on the, the new documentation. I mean, we saw things like the four purposes taken broken down in progressive sub-steps, which seems maybe against the ethos of Curriculum for Wales. A lot on providing feedback. We even saw some cartoon characters to help children understand resilience. Um, there was only one case study that I could actually find, and I did look through more than half of them, that actually talked, you know, explicitly about learning objectives. There were others that obviously learning objectives were in there, but they hadn't really discussed them in any great detail. So there's, and that's difficult. You know, if you if you weren't expert at assessment, and for example, and you didn't recognize that having a really clear learning objective is the first step of effect, highly effective assessment. And knowing how would you, you recognize and that? how knowing how you were going to be able to assess that learning objective. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a there's a um, there's a problem with using case studies as a method of development because you have to be expert in order to see whether that mm. case study is going to work for you, but even whether that case study is of the highest quality. Mm-hmm. And that's another point: is um, the quality assurance. I mean, certainly some of those case studies, some of the things in those case studies were probably not things that we would encourage schools mm. to do. I mean, I'm not saying that they're a bad idea. I'm just saying that they're maybe questionable. Not there yeah, but it's very much like the Eston case studies as well, isn't it? We've had this conversation <laughs> <Yes>. before. <laughs> yes. yes. Is it effective practice? Because I, I think the the expectation from Eston is it is effective practices. Yeah. That's why they're sharing it, because Eston, the inspectorate, are sharing it. But they describe it as interesting practice. Mm. Well, you shouldn't be sharing anything that's not good practice because people will look at it and replicate it. So, okay. So we've then got the professional learning journey case studies, and there are only three on there at the moment, which seems not very much for a whole nation. Well, I think we're all crying out for professional learning. Mm. Um, There's lots of downloadable documents as part of those. But again, you know, we're going back to the whole, they're providing finished cakes Mm. that are really, really difficult, especially given that there's only one of each. You know, there's nothing to compare them with. There's not somebody who followed exactly the same method as they do in Bake Off and they've got, you know, several different versions of the same. And it's also recognising that you might be at a completely different starting point to the three schools or the three case studies Mm. that are are there in the first place. Well, you're going to have completely different ingredients, Mm. aren't you? Mm. 
you know, somebody's making a Victoria sponge with uh, chocolate drops and someone's making a Victoria sponge with uh, glassy cherries. It's, it's a bit more ready, steady cook, isn't it? It is yeah. a bit more ready, steady cook indeed. Okay, so the the final thing that we didn't mention on the blog, but I think it is certainly worth mentioning here, is the um, the NPEP, which is the National Project, National Professional Inquiry Project. And one thing that is really noticeable about the NPEP is how valuable the people who were the NPEP lead for the mm. school found it. They did find it really, that seemed really to come valuable. Out through in a lot of them, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. And so the individuals seem to have really reaped the benefits. Having spoken to a number of NPEP leads from a number of schools across Wales, we're not so sure about their colleagues in the school. Well, that, that was the one, I remember the one conversation we had Oh, way back last term, wasn't it? At the beginning of term when mm. the first set of uh, um, case, studies. case studies, that's the word, reports. Were, reports came out and we were talking about, you know, how is this, how are the rest of staff within the school, have you been able to scale this up? And yeah. it's not even on the agenda at the moment. No. You know, no. It's, it's been really interesting for the yeah. two or three people that have been involved in it, but it mm. hasn't got much further. And for the time that's taken, you know, mm. there might be some really, really, really valuable lessons yeah to learn within that but it just hasn't managed to get any further get any further and I think one of the things that uh, is interesting is when you look at the they're not really case studies they're reports so you look at the reports and they're all in the same format but I just went through imagining that I'm a senior leader in a teacher uh, senior leader in a school thinking okay I'm looking for something specific to do with let's say assessment and developing assessment arrangements. So I want to look at these inquiry questions and see whether there's any of these inquiry questions would help me to develop assessment in my school. And what was interesting, a lot of the inquiry questions were asking things like, um, does retrieval practice improve learning? Does um, giving directive feedback improve progress yeah, I think we know the answers to those already don't we well we do you know it's why are you asking those questions if we've got lots of peer-reviewed yeah. research out there based in classrooms that yeah. that kind of tells it's, you the answer it's not the why it's the how exactly so you might be saying is that how does retrieval practice support learners to deepen their learning in preparation for english language because that is actually going to help me as a teacher in my yeah. practice but again what we've got here now if we're going full bake-off analogy is we've got individual teachers starting with very different ingredients, making a cake that their learners will benefit from. So I'm not sure that it has any real measurable impact if I then give that cake to somebody else. They might like yeah. it. It might be quite they're tasty. Interest, they're interesting to read, but it's how much use are they? Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's like the nutrition benefits, the nutrition benefits of the cake that you've designed specifically for your pupils in your school is going to be, you know, other people might get something from it, but it's not going to be yeah. as useful. So not a particularly positive picture, unfortunately. And I think it's, I don't like being so executive. No, what it, it was, what was interesting on the weekend though, in, in, in response to your blog when it went on Twitter. Mm, mm. Um, can you, I'll just put that out there. I had nothing to do with the blog, it's all you, Finn, as it always is. Um, you know, I'll just take a little bit of credit by sitting next to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the number of comments we had from Scottish colleagues. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the 
I'm not going to say pity because it wasn't so much. I, pity. I felt to a certain extent. I think I think Wales was being laughed at. It was a bit of Schadenfreude there. It was you know a bit of ha ha. Yeah, now, well, you, now, now you know, know what we've been yeah. through. And it, it's it's honestly, I know that we can laugh about that and say you know there are we'll talk about that. But I think that the bottom line is when Scotland went through this and they made mistakes, they were pioneers, real pioneers, mm. and they were doing this for the first time anywhere. And you would expect mistakes to be made yeah. and you would expect there to be difficulties, but maybe not to the level. You, you learn by them and then you change it and yeah. you learn but, by mistakes. But for Wales, for Wales to be able to read the OECD report, to listen to what teachers are saying out there, to see what the Scottish government have done, to, to see how that, that journey has progressed and, and be repeating it down here it really is un, unforgivable. Yeah, we, 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 it's, we're finding it very difficult to get off the path, the same path that Scotland's on. It's very much a, yeah. a very deep trench and we're well within. Yeah, we're, we're sticking, trench, to, the, sticking yeah. to that trench. And it is, I, I do, I mean, I use we're the word. Bin, that's what we're doing, that's what we are. I know, I use the word unforgivable advisedly, yeah. but I, I feel like when, when will somebody hear yeah. let's be said on many many occasions how long has assessment been an issue wow how how long how many times can teachers say just show us how to do it and give us some examples give us some examples case studies are not examples case studies are here is here as yeah. i one i made earlier but there's no blue peter step by step afterwards yeah. to enable then schools to take that and then develop yeah, their own curriculum. It's it's as if we we've gone the here's one I made earlier. End credits. No, off you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there you are. That's that was another pod chewy podcast of us today. That's our podcast. I think we're setting today. a bit of a trend for January. Let's be. Let's all go and have a slice of cake. Yeah. Well, apparently today we're recording this on Monday. Is it the yeah. worst? Is it the is it what do they call the worst Monday of the year? In oh, January blue, blue Monday. Monday. It's today. Oh, it's only a marketing. That's, thing. There we go. So it's a gorgeous day outside. It is. It is. Go and have some cake. There we go. Take care. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.